She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. I developed for a very short time this thing called Yango, which was like yoga and tango together. <laughs> really? Yeah, it didn't go far. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. There were a bunch of people that were just seated and kind of looking, and then you ended up grabbing everyone, and it was like really cool the energy that had been created. Thanks for sharing that. I love, I love a DK slam, man. I love, oh, DK I love slam. No one loves a DK slam more than me. <laughs> <laughs> sing and dance together not like 24 7 because there's shit yeah. to do it's kind of annoying yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shut up <laughs> stop clean the toilet yeah. <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> who's making dinner <laughs> <laughs> Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome. We got a good one for you. That um, was you did a little handgun yeah, thing. Wow! Wow! Cowboy. Yeah, it's the energy I'm bringing today, and uh, we've got our good friend and fellow, I don't know, traveler on the medicine path, uh, Krista Hagman. Yeah, I can't believe it's taken us so long. Krista yes. Louise. She's been on our most wanted list for quite a while. I know, it's been a, it's been a bit of a journey to get to, to sync up our calendars, but we did it, yeah. it's happened. Yeah. Yay. Um, yeah. so, it was a great conversation about movement, dance, yoga, embodiment, her repertoire, her ability to talk about the somatic experience of the body is, is that redundant? Yes. But it's the somatic experience of being human is phenomenal. And anytime I get a chance to talk to her about this stuff, I just like, I bathe in it. I Mm. just drink the words. This conversation felt a bit like a dance too. We we, uh, explored a lot of different topics related to movement, dance, yoga. I think there's a little bit of something in there for everyone. Yeah. And before we get on to the episode, we want to give a shout out to Anne, who is our most recent patron supporter. So thank you for being a patron. Thank you, Anne. It makes a big difference. We love Um, you. And also... (laughs) Big shout out for another reason. Anne is uh, taking on the project, project or burden, I don't know, you decide, but she has decided to, she has the ambition to uh, start at episode number one and follow our journey from the beginning. I think she's making her way through, dude. Yeah, like, I because can't... She, she, she's like texting us and asking us questions about She different... was looking for a new Audible book and she realized <laughs> like, cause she likes to listen to Audible books and she was like, you know what? I was looking for something kind of light and fun and I realized I could just listen to you both and start from episode one. So I'm not sure where she's at as at but time of recording, but we will keep you posted she, on her. She's been um, she's been dredging up our past a little bit. Like she's been asking us about like, oh, can I see the tour of the uh, of, the, of, caravan? Yeah, the caravan, Chana Masala, and 
What about the grapes when you did the Vendange? These are old, old, It feels like really episodes. old memories and like past lives. And it's really sweet to be reminded. Yeah, it's, it's been really actually fun. really sweet to, to be... To be in contact with her yeah. as she's doing that feels very special. So, so. I, my, we, I, I've taken, I've taken a bet she'll make it to like, and make it to like maybe episode thirty. Uh, I think she's going all I mean, the way. She, she's gonna go all the way. If she goes all the way, we're gonna have to do something. something. Yeah, there's something yeah. needs to. We happen. might have to like have her come on the podcast <laughs> and like talk about it. I, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, Anyways, um, we'll keep you posted. You that go, and you go. go. We are rooting for you. Yes. Against all odds. <laughs> <laughs> all right, without further ado, let's get into today's let's episode. Let's get into it. Hello, Far Out people. Hello, Far Out people. Well, we have got a special guest for you. Actually... Krista, you've probably been uh, the guest we've been waiting longest to have on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, I know podcast. you've been on our list for so long. Hi, yeah. Krista. Welcome, <laughs> Krista. Uh, this is our good friend, Krista. We just recently celebrated your wedding and union to Michael, who's also been on this podcast. Oh, yeah. And could, could you introduce yourself? Because uh, we were going to botch it. <laughs> <laughs> I will talk myself up. Please do. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, my name is Krista, Krista Louise, some may refer to me as, and I am a somanaut, would say, Ooh. a deep explorer of the somatic experience, a fascia fanatic, an embodiment enthusiast, a longtime yoga teacher, yoga practitioner, dancer, dance teacher, and I have a particular affinity for the feminine tilt of the universe, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and I have a deep devotion and unending reverence to exploring what it's like and what it means to be a being in a human body. Damn. I was going to say, what I think that all comes down to is Krista is a pretty amazing woman in her fucking body. <laughs> well, summarized. That, that was very eloquent, as usual. Um, that's, that's part of why we have been wanting to talk to you for so long, is like, Krista, just, it's obvious, hanging out with you, how much time you spend in your body, and how much time you spend helping other people get into their bodies, and the language that you have around that and the the expression i will actually i, I want to introduce you th through something that happened um it was over a year ago it had been a really long time since you and i sat in ceremony together and it finally happened again and i remember that you sang and it was pitch black so i didn't know exactly i figured out it was you pretty rapidly but you sang And it was this like glorious ascension to the heavens. It felt like white priestess reaching to the heaven vibes. And I just remember feeling so much spaciousness in my body when you were singing. And I realized as that was happening, I was like, this is what Krista feels like all the time. <laughs> this is probably what it's like to be Krista. It's just that sense of spaciousness in the body. So yeah, that's my introduction. Of this <laughs> I have. To, <laughs> I, agree. I love that. <laughs> yeah, is, is it 
true? I mean, I guess I we don't, don't really have that, a comparison. I'm not sure if all the time uh, yeah. I feel that yeah. way. But, um, and I don't have a comparison. I, yeah. I, I'm only used to this body. This but. one, yeah. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. In comparison to me, it felt like there was, that was way more accessible. Like the, the, the spaciousness piece, which mm. makes sense um, based on, you know, I actually... Were you, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say that go. we've done a fair amount of body work together, or you've guided us through different, um, you know, movement practices or yoga or um, meditation. And I, I've always been struck by the language you use. It's just, it's different. And I've, when you use it, it's like, oh, I get that. It feels, it feels mm. really, I feel like it's kind of broken record here, but it feels embodied and it feels, you know, I've always been struck by when you sing in ceremony too, um, you're, you have a very soulful quality to mm -hmm. it. Right. And, and well, so like, um, being embodied that, that was, that's where I would locate the soul, right. Mm -hmm. is, is that in that direction? Um, so that kind of makes sense. And yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to start us by asking you maybe to map or like recount your experiences with that? What, what, how, how does your journey lead you to being a fashion fanatic and a somanaut? Somanaut? I <laughs> love that, that word. I'm, I'm going to use that again. It just came to me as we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone on the internet has. Oh man, I don't know. We'll I, see. If not, we know. need to copyright yeah. it. Yeah, right. Well, it's funny when I think back about like the the trajectory that spirit put me on, it was like totally set up mm. for my ability to find the thing that I love so much. Um, I started, I was in like tiny tots dance class when I was three. Were you the human that was like, I want to do that? Or was your I parent, my, did your I parents? I think my mom, yeah. Well, it kind of worked out. So I don't know if y'all got to meet Karen who was at the wedding. It's a, a really longtime friend of yes, my we parents. Did. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So she was my first dance teacher. And she's known me since, like, I was in my mom's belly, mm. kind of thing. So it was maybe one of those things where um, she teaches dance at the university level, good friends with my parents, and then here comes, like, my mom having kids. So I think it was a nice, like, mm. let's send you to dance class And it's with our friend, you know, it wasn't maybe this like hoity-toity mm -hmm. thing. So I started with that and then kind of graduated from just like little kids moving around the room <laughs> with some sense of direction and grace and sloppiness to studying ballet. Then I studied jazz and took a break from dance for a while outside of like I, I studied ballet until I was in middle school. And then I went the sports route. So it was a different form, but still embodied. Mm -hmm. Now I don't do that many sporty things. But anyway. What sport were you doing? Um, I played basketball, track and field, golf. I was really big into ultimate frisbee. What? Yeah, that's like my, I miss it so much. I remember it's that was, so that was definitely, that was a thing. And for particularly in junior high, for, Ultimate Frisbee was big. Yeah, and I, I played on a competitive team in college. And, like, oh, it was just, it's so much, it's so much fun. <laughs> um, there's kind of a dance equality if you get the moment where you, like, reach out and you, like, yeah. grab, like, you get the Frisbee. And it's, like, this epic, like, oh, 
And then, you, and then you throw it around your back yeah, the right? other way. I never uh, could do that. So, it, <laughs> so I didn't dance like in a formal setting, but I was for sure the girl who I just liked going to bars because there was music and mm. there was dancing. I didn't really like drink that much. I was much more of a cannabis user. <laughs> and then I returned to dance in college and I joined a modern dance company. And that was really great because it was rehearsal and practice and building community around other people who were dancers. And the time and effort putting in to like put on a performance and a show. And, it, you know, I went to a D3 school in Wisconsin. It's not like I'm some sort of insane professional level but mm -hmm. I love it mm -hmm. and it nourishes me um and I got to work on choreography and then I moved to Ashland Oregon where I lived for six to eight years depending on like how much I felt like I lived there versus was like traveling from there mm -hmm. and I got introduced to ecstatic dance at festivals and that was the first time I really heard like electronic music and with the help of some entheogenic substances really got to tap into the creative force that mm. is moving through the body and I started dancing tango very seriously like was really studying I was going to workshops and festivals and getting private teachers and Wow. I really, really loved it. It was super fun. It was very much based on connection mm. and listening to each other. And that was like an introduction to partner dancing. I was going to ask, was that your first time then partner dancing? Yeah. In that, in that, <clears throat> with that like kind of intensity of like the, the, the formalness of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I had taken some workshops on like Blues Fusion, um, which is much more... L much less strict than tango tango is like there's steps mm -hmm. and there's steps that you do and all these things blues fusion has a little bit more flow mm -hmm. and like incorporated contact improv and then I discovered contact improv at a festival where someone I was dancing and someone was coming up to me and I was like I feel like this person wants to dance with me but I'm so scared because mm. there's it's not the tango music I'm used to and there's not the steps it's just this person I don't know and I was like excited and nervous and just like danced with them but there was no touching or anything mm -hmm. um, but later in that festival I kind of broke three and got to experience it and then I was like oh man and the, one of the highlights of my contact improv exploration was going to an extended jam. So a jam, if you think about like a music jam, mm -hmm. people come together and they're just playing music together. There's not like someone orchestrating or someone who has like a song list of what you're going to play, you just jam. Mm -hmm. And so contact improv, it's called a jam. You just come together and people jam and they just like kind of party, but through dancing and there's no substances or anything is there music playing though? not in traditional contact improv wow, wow. and that so, is really next level because you can dance without music and most people wouldn't be able to like find there's like the silent song mm -hmm. that is always playing 
but I don't hear it with my ears. It's like I hear it and feel it in the somatic structure of the body. So contact improv is really unique in that way that there's traditionally no music. Now people will bring in stuff like that, but it's not like, it's not like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It might be like a hand pan yeah. or someone playing like a flute or something yeah. like that. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one listening to this. You're like, oh yeah, that sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Describe contact improv for people who are listening, because I think that, um, yeah, it might sound self-explanatory, but I actually, it's, it's not really. And until yeah. I saw you do it, I wasn't quite sure what it was. And when I saw you do it, I was like, this is terrifying. Yeah, and it's, it's weird. And it's really weird. <laughs> and then weird. three weeks later, I was massively contact improv at your wedding, and I'm actually the one that started it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's fucking do this. So, so yeah, walk us through, like, paint a picture for people yeah, listening. Totally. Um, I like to describe it as either very graceful wrestling or partner qigong. Mm. And so in the terms of people who are maybe familiar with, like, wrestling more so, there's contact, there's weight sharing. So you're, like, leaning into each other. And that weight sharing... It's kind of that one plus one equals three sort mm. of like mm. woo dynamic of when two energies combine. There's us. There's, yeah. There's, and that yeah. us has its own spirit mm-hmm. or its own intelligence. And so when both people are committed in some way, like respectfully from a centered place to the us, then they're both following the us mm. instead of following me or I'm following you Mm. there's like this third entity energy that is wild and each dance with each different person is very different because there's like different ingredients each Mm. person brings something different so I dance with one person it might look kind of more slow and melodic and I could dance with another person there's lots of lifts like literally lifting people throwing them over your shoulder mm-hmm. like you can go from the floor on the ground to mid-level to standing to you can like lift people up mm. and all the way around that it feels like being on a roller coaster or it's like using your body and their body as a playground and mm. it, it the the one of the biggest things is that you don't break contact right not necessarily oh okay yeah. i wasn't sure about that um if that's a I'll have to just leave something specifically contact-oriented maybe at a a gathering or a retreat sometimes so I can go more into, like, the nitty-gritty while doing it, you know? For beginners, it's much easier to say keep the point of contact. But when that sensitivity to that third energy is developed, then it's kind of like we can slingshot away from each other, Mm. but we're still in contact, even if we're not touching Mm. And the energy can usually bring itself back together. But there's a lot, in my experience, there's a lot of um, smooth, round, and spiralic or spirally energy, Mm. which to me is the way that the universe constructs itself. It's Mm. not straight lines. Mm. So it's like riding the waves of energy that's existing all the time. Mm. But we're in our heads so much that we're usually functioning like point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And we make we make that align 
when if we move into a more improvisational experience, it's like rivers. Mm. It's like if I followed the invisible river, that is the Tao or the way that the universe is in its manifestation, but it's the invisible manifestation, it's not a straight line. So it's going to have a lot more like, Mm. Like driving on a really curvy road and you find those moments where it's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. and it builds an energy. And it's super fun. It feels like this would be very instructive for marriage. You know, I developed for a very short time this thing called Yango, which was like yoga and tango together. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it didn't go far. (laughs) I was like... 22 and was deeply like in my I didn't even talk about like all the yoga trainings and everything like that in in addition to dance but I learned so much about the communication between people and between bodies that's non-verbal right Mm -hmm. so if it's like if I'm saying somatically you do this, and if you don't, then I feel like you're wrong, then we're not going to be in connection. And so there's like a lot that can be learned. And, you know, so much of what we communicate is actually nonverbal. So if you just I think it's something like 95% out, or yeah. some massive number is yeah. nonverbal. Definitely most of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So if we if we intentionally remove words, but we're still communicating, you can kind of experience like the energy behind what we're trying to say or how adaptive or maladaptive are my intentions and that's when like you know ill-intended things consciously or unconsciously bump up against each other and then all of a sudden there's conflict so dance is a really great way to know like wow look at the patterns that I just play out Mm. that have nothing to do with the other person they're just my own you know, learned construction mm. and how it leads to my own suffering. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yay for I, patterns. <laughs> I, I was in a, I did a, it's called a men's rite of passage this last weekend. Mm. It was a men's retreat. And in it, um, there was a lot of symbolism and rituals that we, and so some of the men would be asked to to enact these different rituals mm. every every different day. And I got asked to, to do one on the last day that there was a fair amount of acting to it. And like, and which terrified me because I haven't really acted since I think like eighth grade or something. Mm-hmm. Like it feels really vulnerable to mm. like go in my body and then like really try to, you know, I... And there were no words. There were no right words. Then. And there was a lot of eye contact. Mm-hmm. And and it was in, in front of everyone. And it was an in, intense scene. And I remember feeling like my my teenage and childhood strategy would be to, like, do it 30%. Because, mm-hmm. like, then it's like, you know, well, you can't really blame me that, like, it didn't work. Because I wasn't really trying. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> but to, like, really go for it and, like, give it my all and leave, like the, you know, leave it up for people to decide, like, how convincing that was or whatever, mm-hmm. it was really scary. <laughs> and I imagine, um, I, I, I'm getting that scary feeling listening to you talk about things. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't know. I wonder if maybe you could, like, talk about that a little bit. Do you experience that? And, and yeah, I don't know. That's so amazing. Yeah. 
Thank you for sharing that. And super common. And dance, in my belief, is it is one of the oldest things that we have been doing as a species. Mm -hmm. I think it's older than language itself. Mm -hmm. So it's in there and it's possible. But the amount of, however, if you want to say lifetimes or generations or eons that we've not had movement as an integral part of our lives, mm. it's like, oh, God, that feels really scary. I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be uncomfortable. People, are they going to laugh at me? I'm going to make a fool of myself. Yeah. You know, all my whole body is going to be rejected. Yeah. You right. know, like not just the mind. It's yeah, going to be yeah. like this whole. Right. Totally. I think one of the reasons that I don't often feel fear like that is the amount of time I've spent exploring yeah. here and leading people through uh, or into their bodies. And I really do my absolute best to make it a completely accepting space. And so like my facilitating and teaching started with yoga which in some ways is easier because yoga has a lot more structure to it and people know the dynamic of like there's the students and then there's the teacher and you're not interacting with each other right exactly yeah so there's way less it's much more of like a personal yeah. practice um but it helped lay the foundation for my ability to have like a subtle sense of different things adjusting and moving in my body, which then when I apply that to dance, it like helped me progress really fast. Mm. But in just allowing so much of everything is about the space and the vibe that like the person holding the, the space, the facilitator holds. If it's like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, I know this is weird or what we're going to do. Like you might feel awkward, but that's okay. Like we're here to feel awkward. And like I this conclusion or at least the articulation of it came to me recently of when I'm in my vulnerable state, like there's no armor, there's no masks, you know, maybe even the ego gets to dissolve and you're in your vulnerable state. That's when we're God together. Mm. And for me, I don't know anything more powerful, mm. like yeah, when I sit on my cushion and I find stillness sometimes and I experience that myself, it's amazing. But then when I'm looking at someone or in communication non-verbally and someone's looking at me and we're experiencing that stillness together, now the ripple is so much bigger. Mm. And so it's, it's a lot of like what I love about contact improv is it is super awkward and it helped me learn to laugh at myself when I mess up because mm. it's like I'll catch a flow with someone and then my, the mind will jump in or like my sock will slip on the ground and I'll like, Whoa! <laughs> and but people's response is like, it's just giggling. I mean, it sounds like kids playing on a playground right. or like, oh. Yeah, 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 so you're relaxed, you're not taking yourself as seriously. Yeah, and I think like that, I mean, my only other, and it's very, very limited experience with improv is like, when you're actually doing like theatrical improv, this is the same thing. Mm -hmm. you, you're like, you're, you're navigating the flow together. And the idea is just like, I'm going to respond to whatever happens. So there's actually no way to fuck up. 
Right. So it's like if your sock slips and you lose your balance when you're actually, you know, contact improving with someone, it's like that is still part of the improv. It's yeah. not necessarily that you fucked up. Right. And, and I feel like that's, I don't know, to, again, experience, my experiences with this are very limited, but I, I feel like that's, that's part of the medicine of this practice is like there's not really any way that you can mess it up because there is no rule right of how it should look or if, and i think that potentially the embarrassment or the shame that might come up when there's this perceived like oh i fucked up is like well yeah that would make sense in an environment that has a set way of how things need to look like but when there's no predetermination of how it needs to look like or feel like then you can just go for it. Right. If we, I mean, everywhere in life, if we all gave ourselves a little bit more grace, I mean, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but I think <laughs> we would likely feel lighter as individuals and as a collective and to feel lighter and more connected, more joy. I mean, for a lot of people in the modern era, I think those are the things they would love to feel. Mm -hmm. And so much of that is about just getting out of our heads and into the experience mm -hmm. of the body. Right. Out of the judgment of it, too. And just and the felt experience. And one thing coming back to that ritual that was after, by the end of it, like I did the, the ritual and I ended up doing a pretty good job with it. And um, people told me after and I was like, you know, I wasn't acting like mm. I, I felt in it. And they're like, yeah, I could tell you looked like you were in it. And it was actually deeply powerful for me. And I suspect this was part of the intention of having the initiates be in the rituals. It's like it was deeply powerful to actually enact it out mm -hmm. and and like go through that and then embody it basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I suspect that's a lot of what theater is about, right? It's like it's, it's allowing us to actually act these things out, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. um, and I, I realized that then I was like, well, that was maybe potentially it was incredibly powerful for me to mm -hmm. to go through the motions. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it would be like say you read a short story about what it was like to drink cacao, and then you drank cacao, like the story. Although maybe useful, would not be the same yeah. as the actual experience of it. Like the cells being in the moment of having cacao mm -hmm. or whatever. So it, it's moving over and over again. Like the longest journey of our lives, I think, is from the head to the heart. And just getting um, into the felt sense and having the experience of like, even I don't fully know the details of like the ritual you did but if it was like hmm what if I just like embody anger right now I'm not going to but this is an example I don't feel angry so <laughs> <laughs> and to have I don't even I'm not even so much a fan of safe spaces anymore because that's not a guarantee but to have courageous and brave spaces where people can fully embody whatever the thing is like how many times have we all been angry but didn't get to be angry in that moment whatever yeah. the circumstances and the ability to fully like wring that experience out of our bodies afterwards there's so much calm and space mm -hmm. a lot of like uh internal upheaval i think is, is just unprocessed emotions and experiences because we really are 
space. Mm-hmm. But we are cluttered at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So so you find contact improv. Just kind of going back to the 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 line, the timeline, you find contact improv and then what? And then like, how do you, where are you now with this? Mm. What does, what does your journey with movement and embodiment and God, what does it look like now? Mm-hmm. What, what is, yeah. Talk yeah. to me. Yeah. Talk to us. Earlier this year, we were doing a lot of medicine work in the house. And I really needed to do something for myself. And so I signed up for a dance facilitator training. And that was the first time that I had like formally studied facilitating dance. Mm -hmm. I have done it like at a, you know, as part of like a friend's weekend or a women's retreat that I was a part of or more like um, forms of ritual theater. But I hadn't like trained in Mm -hmm. it and through some roundabout way I ended up going to a two-week-long dance improvisation workshop and it wasn't specifically contact improv it was just improvisation in Mexico and that was amazing because I mean I was dancing for like six to eight hours a day for two weeks and I have not done that Mm -hmm. before And I was there by myself. And so I got just like a lot of, you know, me time and my body was super sore and all the things, but it was so good. And it helped kind of bring in this thread or like integrate more deeply the power of improvisation. Mm -hmm. And, and I had a ceremony in the spring that was like kind of broke it down really digestibly for me. And it was like, I can function in an improvisational manner or in a habitual manner. And habitual manner is like autopilot, you know, where mm-hmm. it takes no Scripted. thought. Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, there's very little, if any, presence or awareness. Mm-hmm. Right. Where improvisation is so much about listening. It's listening and responding. And there's no script. There's no like, well, when you do this, I know I... I do this. I'm going to know I do this before you even do the thing. Uh, that the you words do. that come up to me when you're describing that is disconnected and connected. Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah. Boom. And it was like, what if I just invited more improvisation into my life on a regular mm-hmm. basis? And I also did my rose dieta mm. and I danced every day. And I would, and that was cool too, because there's, you know, we don't have music in dietas and but I'm familiar with dancing without music. So that made it accessible. But I danced in our beautiful practice room upstairs and I would catch the wave of the sporadic randomness of the universe and ride it and have a great time. And then afterwards I was able to, I was like writing, like writing is another practice that I really love. And there was poetry, there was just like these like spiritual musing, you know, pieces. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool because it was like, I opened the door to this unlimited creative flow and I found it in my body and then I could articulate it with words, which is another form of dance and continued with the dance facilitator training and just really like the highest 
thing that I can do in my life is my my recent inspiration tagline is like, may we sing and dance together. Mm. That's that's all I want to do. That's mm. all I want to make spaces for people to do. You know, we've we've done this in like combo trainings where we get the part where like everyone's singing together everyone has their rhythm or their line or whatever and there's so much joy in those experiences if we can all just sing and dance together not like 24 7 because there's shit to do it's kind of annoying (laughs) shut up (laughs) clean the toilet (laughs) who's making dinner I, I agree with you on, on, on that because it's something we've been bringing more into Wild Within as well. First off, back in spring of this year, this was after your training, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you'd just come back. Yeah, you just come back from it. So we had invited you. We had, for a long time, this is the first time it lined up, but we had wanted you to help us on one of these retreats and guide some of your embodiment um, magic because um, we had experienced it firsthand. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, but you guided us through kind of, it was kind of like an ecstatic dance mm-hmm. and it was exploring the chakras. So it was kind of like embodying the energies through dance, mm-hmm. through the different chakras. And made an amazing playlist that went with this. And it was like raining outside and we were in this beautiful lodge and we're all just getting weird for, for like an hour, an hour and a half. And you were screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm always impressed when I see you dance, like the, the, um, the kind of command you have mm. of your body is always impressive to me. Like, damn, that's cool. Because <laughs> over here, I'm just like flailing, like, a, you know, but um, like a raver on ecstasy. Well, it's, funny, it's funny you say that because, yes, uh, <laughs> because you mentioned it too. It sounds like um, this is a bit of a, a diversion, but I'll, I'll return. But I have to, I, there's a lot of things I regret about like the rave culture because mm-hmm. I spent like four or five years pretty solidly in, in that. But one of the things I think I inherited, and it sounded like you did too, was like the combination of like great music, crowds and dancing and mind altering substances taught me how to dance. Mm-hmm. Like it loosened me up and I've, I've always kept that and I've noticed, you know, I'm a lot more comfortable kind of losing my shit on the dance floor and just being stupid than most most people. And I think I attribute <laughs> a lot to that, to the fact that for four or five years, I was doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. And now I, for the most part, remove the conscious altering ingredients that made that, I guess, for me, doable in the first place. But I mean, dance is conscious, you know, uh, expanding and alternating and whatever. But so... I definitely feel like I, I, that was one of the things I inherited from that time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, going back. Yeah, it was, it was really wonderful um, to have you lead that dance experience on our retreat. I think it's one of the most powerful sessions we had on retreat. I and mean, yeah, people, people are still talking about that. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, definitely they want you to come back. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How did how did it feel? Because I think it was your first time leading something like that. Yeah, I just want to hear your experience. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was on the plane back from Mexico, and I had in the training I was in there was kind of this like format of like this is how this dance experience goes, and I was inspired by that format, but I knew I wasn't going to be leading as much of a group thing. Like the training I was there for was for Mm -hmm. you know 
partnered and group dance experiences. Um, but I just had this like, oh, in my experience, each chakra, so like the energy centers that move along the length of the spine, kind of the nexes of uh, both nerves and circulatory system and lymphatic system, as well as like energy system, that each one has its vibe, it's like its rhythm, so to speak, it's kind of like beat and a movement that accompanies that. And just based on my experience of dancing a lot, going to a lot of ecstatic dances and festivals, and it kind of moves from tribal, bassy, like think about like stomping and um, was inspired by West African dance, which I've done a little bit and would love to do more moving up into things that are more sacral, kind of more pelvisy, hips, a little bit more sensual to the solar plexus, which has a lot of power so that it's like things like go back and forth. I'm losing my hands so you can't see, but you guys can see me. Yeah. Back and forth, kind of like binary to circular to more front and back mm. to the heart, which is very expansive. And then the heart, like the arms extend from the heart and up to the neck, which can get the head involved. Because what I notice for people is like the body is dancing, but the head stays really still. And so if you think about like head banging culture oh, yeah. or like people who like. And there's a lot of screaming with that. Right, right. right. Which is like yeah. a lot of energy, yeah. right? Yeah. But it, when as soon as people allow their head to be connected to the rest of their spine and not this like. Well, I'm going to keep my head oriented so I can see. And like, it's still like heady to mm -hmm. use the term. Mm -hmm. So that's like the throat. We did a lot of vocalizing and singing. Katy Perry. <laughs> I lost roar. my voice. That was, that was, I got most uncomfortable at that moment. I Singing along with Katy Perry. I was like, oh, I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm not even like a like mainstream pop, but I was like. That was okay, too good not this. to. It was, it was too obvious a song not to throw in for the throat yeah. chakra. Yeah. And it was fucking banger. Yeah. It was epic. Like, so well, we, we tore down the roof of the place. Like, it was great. They heard me roar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's so much power in that and then um the third eye and then it gets kind of etheric and whimsical and in my experience too the energy circles like a Taurus so like a donut and it'll come back and then it starts all over again so mm -hmm. you can follow that journey and different I think different bodies different like energy structures like your body is you know energies flows different than mine different than julie roxanne's so we might have an affinity for a certain area like i'm definitely like a lower body pelvis like i love to live there but mm -hmm. other people have different vibes so it's kind of it was about expanding our movement vocabulary so mm. you know it's like if the only dance step I know is two steps, I'm going to step right, then step left, then step right. Well, that can become habitual because it's pretty basic. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also make it a practice to really stay focused. That would be like a mindfulness practice. So like it's even mindful when I'm drinking tea, even if it's basic or simple. But if we expand our vocabulary, then 
the stories that we share or the dances that we create can be so much more diverse because we have more that we can communicate with. And we can tap into different expressions of energy. Yeah. Yeah, which right. is which is a lot of fun. I don't think this really fits here, but I want to I have a story I want to tell about dancing. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love your upfrontness about, well, I don't think this fits. I'm going to put it It kind of does. It kind of does. I don't know. Just go for it. This so, so <laughs> casual when, um, you know, like kind of around after college and, and after me and my, my buddies, we had a dance move that we would do on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Whenever we get really rowdy, like, and whenever it's the moment, we'd all pull this off together. I've and seen it. I, yeah, you've seen it. It happened it's at my epic. brother's wedding. It's yeah, epic. it happened it at my brother's wedding. The party. And I remember one time where it actually started the party because yeah. we were we were in um, geez, Cabo. We were in Cabo for um, my friend's bachelor party. We were celebrating his bachelor party, and we were at the we were at the bar slash club. It had a dance floor. No one was on it, and we got on it, and we did this thing, and we start. And we, there's like usually around five of us. We all know what we're doing. <laughs> and we start walking around in a circle. And we're all kind of like looking at each other over our shoulders as we walk. You know, <laughs> like we got this like, we're all kind of keeping eye contact, staring into the middle of the circle walking. And we walk like we're like, we're the shit. And there's something important about to happen. And then... <laughs> And then the beat drops and we all go down like Donkey Kong and start we're like start slamming the floor together in unison, going continuing to go around the circle. Imagine uh, wow. space oddity right? or odyssey, right? Like monkeys going around the obelisk. That's what we're doing. And we're we're bouncing up and down, slamming the floor, our knees are like bending and everything. And then it just it just get it, it just gets the uh, the party going. The party it's going. It's because you made a vortex. Yeah, I guess so. Because yeah. like literally, dance floor. Like after that, everyone starts getting on the dance floor. How can floor. you yeah. not though? Yeah, right. Like if like you're on the outside looking there. in, it's like I kind of want to be there. It draws you in. I know. Yeah, yeah it's I know. Awesome. talk about vortexes because yeah. I feel like we did that at your wedding too. Like oh, there yeah. was a moment where it was like there were a bunch of people that were just seated and kind of looking, and then you ended up grabbing everyone, and it was like really cool the energy that had been created. Thanks for sharing that. I love, <laughs> I love the DK slam, man. I love. Oh, I love the, no one loves a DK slam more than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. If anyone wants to take that and try it, go for it. Yeah. yeah. It's really I know. fun. Before we talk about vortexes, I also want to say that this particular episode, we've been talking about going on video for a really long time for this podcast, like having a video mm. recording this podcast, this episode in particular, I'm like, damn, we really need to get a video. <laughs> yeah. This is like, there's too much like, yeah. movement as we're talking and exploring and explaining. So if you want us to get on video too, let us know. Oh and yeah. Give us a little Shoot encouragement. Us an email. Yeah. You know, you know it's how a project. To do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is a project. But anyways, vortexes. Vortexes. And, yeah. Yes. And, uh, well, anytime especially with something like dance where we shed those fears or we do our best to shed those fears and just show up as we are, that creates like a magnetic field or it strengthens the magnetic field. And then if you have, again, that one plus one equals three, Mm -hmm. then if you have multiple people doing that, um, the energy is just amplified. And I feel like it's the way that the universe is almost like congratulating or celebrating us for being in our authentic selves. Mm. And it it builds energy, you know, and it mm. gives energy too. 
and a vortex. So if you get people dancing in a circle together, if they were just like walking, kind of like ho hum, mm -hmm. like, mm, like maybe whatever. it would, maybe it probably mm. wouldn't. But if you get people connecting their individual energy to the group that they're with and then building it and building it, mm -hmm. then you create a vortex. And I, I don't know a whole lot about the actual terms, but it feels like a wormhole or something where the universe has like, I don't know, like sprung forth mm -hmm. with more force mm -hmm. and power. And that magnetizes like similar or like energy mm -hmm. to it. So it makes it like you can feel it. It's juicy. Have you seen the Derek Sivers talk about the about dancing? No. I, I, so uh, if anyone wants to watch this, it's absolutely awesome. Derek Sivers did it in his TED talk. Um, but I think if you typed in YouTube and you did like Derek Sivers dance or something like that, you'd probably find it. But basically, it's a guy at a festival and he's like on a grass hill oh, yeah, and he's yeah. dancing by himself and he's just going crazy. And, and Derek Sivers brings it into like, he talks about it as like a leadership thing. And he actually talks about it as like, it's not actually the first guy. It was the guy that decided to join him. Yeah. Because what happens is this guy's dancing crazy just by himself out there. Not and then one dude comes in and starts dancing with him. Double the energy. Double the energy. That, that's a lot, which is a lot. Like right. to go from from one yeah. to two, that's like a, a, a huge so amount. The, uh, the vortex has started, and then a third person trickles in, and a fourth person, and all of a sudden, it's this huge dance mob, and it's just like hundreds, really? hundreds of yeah. people running together and going crazy. And it all started with this this like one guy and the guy that decided to join him and make it a. Yeah, it's, totally it's really it's a really amazing oh my video. God. Yeah. It brings so much joy. Yeah, and yeah. Like, like, you can feel it. You watch yeah. that. And you're like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think that y'all were there on the dance floor, but I had so I had this experience at the Wild Within Retreat where we fed each other's mm. dance. Oh, I really liked that. Fire. Yeah, yeah. And so what that was at the retreat and at the dance is like. Either someone's like really going for it, or I tend to find people who have kind of floated to the periphery and they maybe have dropped back into that autopilot space. So they're just kind of like bopping, but you can tell that they're thinking mm -hmm. and to come up to them and like literally feed their fire. So giving them all of my attention and awareness. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, boom, mm -hmm. like this firework spark just erupts. And all of a sudden that uh, I'm just like autopilot. I'm standing here thinking to like, I am a being who is filled with creative force just explodes. And that, like that seat, that moment is like one of the most precious things that I get to experience in my life. Mm -hmm. So doing that at the retreat and just like people's faces light up, you know, it's like allowing them to feel like they're, the most important being in the world because they are and so is everybody else but they are in that moment and like feeling seen so having those vulnerable moments it can be definitely scary it takes some courage to say i'm vulnerable and i'm here i'm going to be seen but when someone goes yes and yeah, they're like yeah. ecstatic <laughs> for your authenticity then like you both win yeah. You know? so, like, and you that. take that experience outside of the dance floor, right? Like 
that's a good place to practice being seen and like embodying a little bit more of whatever your energy and spirit is. And I think we remember that on a cellular level. And then it's a little easier to maybe step into that in a risky or scary situation right. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Like if you've done it once, you can do it again. Yeah. And you know what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if this is a good time. I know I we kind of went there because we wanted to tell this story of like the epic time that Krista lost her voice on one of our retreats. <laughs> but I I know that we it stems from you saying like may we all dance and sing together or have spaces. Is that is that the May the, we all dance and sing together? Yes. Uh and during our last retreat. I was thinking about that yeah, too. So yeah, so I want to, I'm going to share that and then I, I'm going to take it to the Gene Keys because I want to hear about <laughs> it. But um, during the last retreat, you weren't able to join us, but you you provided so much guidance for me to like lead nowhere near as cool as what you did. But, you know, we we played some music and we danced and we had fun and it was, it was still beautiful. It was really interesting to notice how scary it was for me to try to stoke people's fire. It was like, I don't know if I'm, oh, no, I'm going to let them be. And just like, if I could, I felt like some people I was able to, but I couldn't stay there for very long. Like the amount of like one-on-one in connection that I, I think that it's easier. It was beautiful to watch you do it because it's like, you were so comfortable in your dancing that all of that own internal shit about how you're being perceived or your vulnerabilities around dancing are not as much on the forefront. And so you were really able to give your energy to people Mm -hmm. and just be like, I'm going to stoke your fire and it's going to be awesome. I was like, I'm already dancing. Uh, that's that's a lot. I've so, encouraged other people to start exactly. dancing as well. And like I, I would I would shout some stuff and it was really a fun like edge for me and you really like provided so much guidance and I called you in in the beginning and it was really sweet because after that you were definitely in the retreat with us. You were already there but it was just like yeah. Christmas. <laughs> She's arrived. And uh and on the, the closing ceremony that we led at that retreat um we we were doing our thing and then I, we had wanted at the end to like do a little bit of a song all together. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually the more suited. Like if you're not here, it's mm-hmm. like Julia Roxanne's going to lead that because th- that's more on her wheelhouse. And uh, we, before that even happened, C- Kelly crawled over to me and she was like, I know we can't request songs, but... I really want you to sing the East, West, North song that Krista sings. I was like, okay, I can totally do that. That's totally fine. So we, I called you in through that song, which is a beautiful, beautiful song that a lot of people have heard. And it's like thanking all the directions and the teachers. And then, and then, yeah, we sang all together. I sang the... Um, Earth, my body, water, my blood. And it was so nice because it's such a simple song. After two repeats, everyone knew it. And mm-hmm. I was like, we had, I had the drum and everyone had a percussion instrument. It was fucking rad. It was like <laughs> nighttime, end of ceremony. We're like, in an ancient barn, yeah. like an 150 year old barn. And it was, it was so cool. And I was just like, this, and I could draw on the energy of, that combo training where mm. we did it all together and you were leading it and like your joy in having people sing all together 
And knowing how medicinal you know it is and how many times you've told it to me, I was like, I'm really like channeling Krista. <laughs> I am not Julie Roxanne. And you, like, can, you can just tell, like even the most reserved people, yes. just like you can, they just light up. Right? Like when you yeah. get that singing and everyone's singing, yeah. it's just every, everyone really gets into it. I know. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, sharing our voices together and for people whose singing is totally an edge and, yeah. you know, and however else. Which was me, like, just a year and a half or two years ago. Right. Totally. Yeah. And how much that impacts the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, it's not just comfortable singing in this one situation, but if we open the throat and the voice, then, like, can I speak my truth? Can I listen better? Like, all of the yeah. kind of... And what does my voice sound like, like mm. when I'm not trying to be someone else? Yeah. That, that, that's been an interesting process that I feel like I'm really still pretty early on. But learning what what I sound like and, and what wants to come through me um, is, has been it's been a very interesting process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about what you're doing now. And I, I I don't know how much the whole Gene Keys thing is actually going to happen. But before, I would like before we yeah. go into that, can I just make one more comment about this dance, like the dance stuff? Because it, it seems is. like we're going to sure. shift into a different direction. I mean, we're going to keep talking about dance, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> comment away. All right. Because this is pretty personal for me right now. Actually, like this morning, I just bought a like small trampoline. Mm -hmm. I guess it's called rebounding. Rebounding. This is new to me. Sure. Um, but we're going to be rebounders soon. Um, he told um, me couples who rebound together stay together. <laughs> okay. I hope. So. <laughs> but Buy the thing. I bought this because I had a conversation with my nutritionist the other day. And um, I'm still working on healing from this rash that I've been having for almost uh, a year now. And what's what we think is happening is the one time my, my rash changed was around when I was hiking in Yosemite. Which... and the thing about that uh, was uh, I was moving all day, mm -hmm. um, which was helping move the lymphatic system. I was hiking for, you know, six, eight hours a day and moving pretty much all day. And the kind of hypothesis and, and the what the nutritionist seems to believe is uh, my body's having trouble detoxing mm -hmm. and it needs help moving the lymph around. And there's a lot like, kind of going on there. It's a bit overloaded. And so I'm, I, got, I, got, I got this small trampoline because apparently rebounding can help you move lymph mm -hmm. um, pretty well. It's like one of the things they, they say to do. And I was just thinking as I was listening to you talk about all this stuff and, and it's like another like lens to look at dance through is like when you're dancing a lot, you're detoxing, you're mm -hmm. moving the lymph around. Like you are probably actually feeling a lot better after because you just helped your body kind of clean things up and, you know, clear house. Yeah. Bit, yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Well, and like on a physical level, you know, if you think about balance, breathing, cardio, I mean, I don't know about you all, but I would much rather dance for 20 minutes than run for 20 minutes. Oh, 100%. No, I'm more of a runner person. I'm not a runner. <laughs> but do you listen to music when you run? Uh, sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you find like yeah, a flood yeah, and yeah. the music really helps you. Go yeah. For it. And all the physical benefits. I mean, there's studies out there too that. People who have learned or learned choreographed dance have way better memory as they age because they're associating mm. something memorized and learned 
with their body. Mm-hmm. So like the brain memory system with the body connection helps to retain memory as we age. That makes me think of the classic like uh, orator trick, which <clears throat> is like, if you want to remember speech, apparently this is what the Greeks did and the ancients did. It was like, you imagine a, ma- a house and you like kind of, you imagine you're walking through that mm. house and with the speech. So mm-hmm. you have some spatial memory. So like mm-hmm. when you get to the front door, that means you're at this part in the story and you would actually attach your speech to different spatial areas in this house. And that's yeah. how they would remember very, very long speeches. Wow. I think this yeah. is why I, I find it incredibly annoying sometimes in myself, but I, I still have to, that's still my process of remembering is I will remember things based on where I was and what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think, you know, like I recently had something happen that happened right now as I was emptying the car with the grocery. Like I remember physically like the the moment of opening the trunk and getting the first bag out. And it's like in my body. Mm -hmm. And as I'm doing that, I have this like thought that I'm like, oh my God, that's totally super important. And Mm -hmm. I have to remember that. And this, yeah, the spatially, the spatial memory I think is like very strong with me and it it's I find it annoying because I feel like I always have to tell people what I was doing when I was <laughs> when I remembered the thing which is like get to the point but it's no but that's the point I was opening the trunk of my car and pulling out my groceries but yeah so the whole tr- house trick I fully like that and resonate with that well, I'm um, glad you brought that up too with the rebounder because um I mean, one of the things that I would tell people is just move, Mm -hmm. like just move more, just move every, it doesn't even, who cares what it looks like and whether it's, you know, getting up to get a glass of water, going outside for a 10 minute walk, going outside to put your feet on the ground, getting on your rebounder, taking a lap around the house, putting on a song that you love and just freaking out for four or five minutes or whatever, just to kind of. It's like how like bodies of water work. If the water gets stagnant, then things start to grow in it and it becomes yeah. unclean. But yeah. the the filtration process of the body is through moving. Walking is a really good way to move. When I was too. working as a general manager, I used to sit in front of a desk pretty much all day. And I would usually try to take a walk in the neighborhood for lunch and it was so helpful Mm -hmm. like I came back feeling like I could focus again and like more sharp and rejuvenated um it was like yeah like I think just reclaiming some of the movement in our lives that has been Mm -hmm. automated away right Mm -hmm. these things finding you know reasons to like bring movement back into our life um can can make a really big difference yeah yeah I remember when you know when like a the opening of the trunk became like a button. Oh, and yeah. I was like, was that Necess- so hard before? <laughs> Maybe if someone had like an injury or some like You got like two issue. bags in your hands. That's the vision I have. But yeah. I'm sure that's the, the like, whole story. It's like you, you, you can't put a child down, right? in two bags. It's like, where is your husband yeah. taking care of the child? What the fuck? Yeah, like, but that's totally it. Reclaiming, like getting ourselves involved, like physically, energetically, somatically into our lives yeah. again like sitting on the floor instead mm-hmm. of just going from a desk to a couch and like back and forth getting down onto the floor and back up like if people did that every day the way that the body would age would be totally different right. yeah i'm sure 
Do you know Katie Bauman? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, move check DNA. out. Yeah. Move Your DNA Nutritious Movement on Instagram. Katie Bauman. Great, great, uh, great resources for just that. I think her entire house is oriented around movement. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's like really cool. Yeah. On the point of movement, I, I feel like. I feel like uh, the way that life is organized for most people is just like we work seated seated at a chair on a chair and then we go we drive to a gym to work out and then we come back. And it's like it's so interesting to think about movement as like a more integrated part of reality. When I led the dance thing with your awesome playlist at the retreat, People were sweating. People were like panting. Like it was a full-on cardio experience. And and like a woman at the end was like, why do I never just dance for an hour? This is way better than a workout. And I was like, yeah, this is like, if I, I and I, and it's funny because no matter how many times I experience it, I'm, I think I'm getting there, but I cannot fucking remember when I'm like, you know, I think I need to, I need to move. Alistair's like, let's do a kettlebell workout. I'm like, I, I, I forget that I can just like, I'm going to jam for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And like, I forget that that's accessible. So if uh, you're listening and you're like, I, I forget too, but let's remember <laughs> like to dance and just move in that way. Cause it is still, you know, very beneficial. What do you think about putting on uh, the music playlist that we use oh, yeah. at Wild Within in our Patreon offerings oh we should totally do that yeah so um if you'd like to uh if you'd like to get some inspiration and um get a music playlist that was made by krista which is awesome and that we we use to guide uh some ecstatic dance in our last retreat sign up at patreon yeah uh, we'll become a patron that's a great idea and uh dance yeah um the other thing i'll say about for for people who maybe dance feels like I think for some people, the the lack of structure mm. can be so overwhelming. And then there's the like, I don't know, overwhelm just leads to giving up. And that's yeah. where I, you know, we've been so focused on dance, which I love. And I started practicing yoga when I was 18 and have not stopped and have done hundreds of hours of training and have practiced. I don't even know how much like a lot but I'm very grateful that I've found both because for some people a yoga practice that's specifically guided or um, there's more of these postures or can work therapeutically in a different way might have just feel a little bit more accessible Mm -hmm. Um, and it can help people maybe like befriend and come into contact with their body and then maybe they'll feel more comfortable like just letting loose or other people it might be inverted you know things like that so a lot of like almost everywhere now has yoga studios there's lots of things online I'm going to be offering things in the new year it's like find your way of moving that works for you Mm -hmm. and whatever that looks like Nobody cares, but as long if we all moved just a little bit more, I feel like there would be more joy and lightness and um, health and wellness mm-hmm. in, the world, in the world. Yeah, that's hard to argue with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally, I would love for you to like. I think we have maybe like five to ten minutes 
left in this, however long it takes. But I would love for you to speak, yeah, about what you what you're doing right now and like what I know that you're in a phase of like brewing a lot of things. So I'd love to hear whatever project you want to share in however in depth you want to share it. Yeah. And yeah, just would love to hear that. And before you share, I just want to say yes, yoga with Krista is like I am very peculiar about who I particular do, particular particular you are yeah, particular. Particular. Uh, thank you thank you I'm getting tired um I know I'm very particular with who I do yoga with as a teacher I find that there are a lot of like workout e yoga teachers and that just I fucking hate that like I really I respect it but I don't that's not my style at all and like your way of leading yoga is so watery mm. and it's so anchored in the like somatic experience and you're like you bring awareness to things that are happening in the postures that I'm like oh my god if she didn't say that I wouldn't even realize like you mm. guide ways of adjusting the posture that are just so in connection with the whole structure like the the whole structure of the body it's like if you move your toe that way then it will change the whole posture and i do it and i'm like oh my god (laughs) i mean there's a level there's a level of knowledge Mm. and experience that you have but and then there's a mindfulness component that you've also practiced and nurtured quite a lot and i feel like the combination of those that you bring to it does make it a very unique experience Mm. and deepens it quite a lot where it's like, whoa, you're teaching me about my body in a very kind of deep way. Mm. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Yes, all that. Yeah, so what do you got going on? What's coming up and where can people Or maybe maybe another prompt for this is like, where does this bring you now? What are you most excited Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. with like, you know, everything you're sharing and and like where where you hope to take that and mm-hmm. where you are taking that currently. Um, I'm on fucking Tuesday. I'm going back to Mexico to finish the dance facilitator training. And I'm very excited in the future to be hosting wherever we live. <laughs> and as part of retreats with you all, which I'm excited to do forever. <laughs> but more regular like community building dance experiences and my website and businessy things is called freeing bodies and that is 100% my mission that we all feel free in our bodies is that freeingbodies.com yes yeah. freeingbodies.com a great name freeingbodies underscore on instagram or crystal louise on facebook i'm not very active on the facebook freeing bodies page but anyway Instagram is the best, like, businessy, you know, inspiration place. So one thing, so I am very excited about and very intrigued by the female hormonal cycle. And I'm working on a project called Move by the Moon. And it is a kind of like a multi-aspect program that has recorded and some live sessions with me like somatic coaching sessions that help guide women through movement appropriate uh, or phase appropriate movement for the different phases of their cycle Mm. and our energies fluctuate as our energies fluctuate through the cycle to have movement that corresponds to that and it's all like 
really just helping women tune in with where they're at and that my hope eventually is that nobody needs a movement instructor. Like people, you know, they get connected with themselves so much where they just know exactly what they need and Mm -hmm. they increase their body literacy and they're just off to the races. That's not where most of us are at right now. So I am here to help. I'm also creating what I'm calling the movement map, which is like a choose your own adventure of how to create a regular movement practice and to create more interesting, like these are all the things that you can do for the feet, the lower legs, the upper legs, like all the way up the body. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not always like, a then b then c and like a routine that gets kind of monotonous and we fall into the autopilot habitual place so creating movement that's more fun and enthused and maybe we have a muse that helps people um just stay interested Mm. in in moving and inspired by it so move by the moon and the movement map for freeing bodies those are going to be online, right? Those, Those two online. are going to be online. And then when you said community building, it's like more like wherever you end up. Moving. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Totally. Sweet. If I'm that not- sounds interesting to you, I would recommend following Krista on Instagram at freeingbodies underscore. Yes. So that you can get updated yeah. when those become available. Yes. I'm working on them. And the last would be in collaboration with my husband, Michael. I can't believe he's your husband. I know. It's so nice to I remember, I, I remember that feeling. It doesn't really. Three yeah. years in, I can tell you it doesn't. Get, I love saying that. 30 years old, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Do you all talk about the Gene Keys when you talk with Michael? No, I don't okay. think we've talked about it. Much. No, it's been a while. We haven't had Michael I, on the podcast since when you guys still lived in Guatemala. Yeah, we oh. have Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, I, it's been a while. I'm so nervous. we have not talked. I'm yeah. nervous around it because it's its own topic. Yeah. I don't know. I'll just say, yeah. people can look at it. Michael's a jinkies guide, an amazing coach. In the future, we are going to be collaborating on somatic and embodiment explorations of the jinkies through a process that I call raw, which is radically authentic witnessing and mm. it's improvisational spoken word and movement kind of maybe getting to that like theatrical ritual that you were talking mm. about, Alistair, mm-hmm. of just a place where, and I'm going to do it with you and Kelly, we're going to mm. love it so you can have a sense and we can keep going from there. Um, but just the place where it's like, Someone has the stage, essentially, like I'm using stage in air quotes, and whatever they're experiencing, whatever their body or story is, like a place where the body stories and our stories get to be witnessed and honored. And in my experience, um, when that happens, a lot of energy is cleared and moved Mm. and things that maybe people are like trying to work through for so long all they needed was the stage to Mm. be fully seen in the light and then they transmute in their own time Mm. so michael and i are going to collaborate on that with the jinkies and i'm going to do my own version as well wow you got some really cool names movement map move by the moon and raw like that's that's really cool that's like yeah. that's a lot of the the thing is like finding the name and yeah I, like, I think there's definitely a place for you at wild within if you want to help us find names for things yeah i'm a fan of the uh puzzle that is articulating things well yeah <laughs> yeah 
Well said. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, I think this is this is the conclusion. Do you have anything? Is there anything that you would like to say that you did not get a chance to say? Mm. It is my absolute hope that each person that listens to this and each person who knows each person that listens to this feels free at home and deeply liberated in their body so we can all dance and sing on this beautiful earth together. Aho. Aho. Kumbaya. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Krista. I love you both so much. Thank you, love Krista. You. And thank you for listening. Thank you. It was a great episode. It was really fun. Yeah. And uh, we've decided to, we, we wanted to start recording our outros again and yeah. not have like the recurring ones. So, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here all the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we've love got, you. We love you. And there's a few ways you can support this podcast, which we really appreciate. The yeah. first is leaving a review over at uh, Apple Podcasts. Yes. The second is buying some cacao. We love cacao and we have a great link um, for getting some cacao at a discount. Mm-hmm. And that's in the show notes. That supports this podcast. It's an affiliate link. And the third one is oh, yeah, our Patreon. Our, our Patreon. Yeah. Account. Become a patron. Yeah. Um, and uh, We're thank, gonna you. Put them the- thank you, Anne, <laughs> who just became uh, a patron. Actually. Yes, so thank, thank you, you for Anne. your patronage. Uh, that helps. Um, that helps us afford the cost of keeping this thing running. Yeah. So it, it really makes a difference. Yeah, and it's so much fun to continue this podcast. We're almost at the four-year anniversary. I cannot believe it. Yeah. Let's keep it up, baby. Let's do it. Four more years. All right. See you next week. Toodles. Bye.